It feels really weird watching this one without my little brother in the room. I guess I already blew my wad on making fun of this movie's direct-to-video and starring Don Johnson status in the series finale, which was kind of short-sighted of me. Really, though, the Transformers movie got Orson Welles and Leonard Nimoy, and the biggest celebrity pull this could get was this guy? I mean, alright, Burgess Meredith was a good pull. But in terms of celebrity voices, that's it. Third billing goes to Sergeant Slaughter, and my rather outspoken opinion notwithstanding, that should not count. He's a series regular. I guess this pre-credit sequence where the Joes fight off Cobra at the Statue of Liberty is pretty okay, but it has absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the movie. By this point in the Transformers movie, we were already seeing Unicron wreck up a planet, and uh, alright, I'm gonna stop comparing the two now. It's no secret which one I like better anyway. This one's fun too, though, and it's nice to see all these characters and locations drawn and animated with greater care, especially since the eyesore that was secondhand emotions. This sequence where we follow some cobras through the swamp to the Terradrome is particularly good. Really, they should have licensed that Public Enemy song for the occasion, but I guess it technically hasn't been recorded yet, so whatevs. God, don't tell Chuck D I said whatevs. When we finally get to Serpentor's throne room, he's doing what he does best, or most anyway, yelling at everyone for their failure. Cobra Commander counters with, yeah, but you're an even bigger failure, which is a bit childish, but it also has the virtue of being true. Also, he's taken a cue from Dr. Mindbender and scored himself this sweet cape. My loyal subordinates could testify to my superb stewardship of Cobra, but you don't have the courage to let them speak. Wrong again. Defend him if you can. Indeed they shall. You first, noble Destro. Militarily speaking, it's only fair to say that Cobra Commander is a world-class buffoon. What? Baroness, Dr. Mindbender, Brave Zabot and Tomax! You won't let Destro's treacherous assassination of my character go unchallenged, will you? Certainly not! Destro forgot to mention your frequent displays of cowardice. Ouch, that shit's rough. Funny, but rough. But enough old business, this is the movie, and we're all about the new hotness. And I hope you kids like retcons, cause that's what we're eating tonight. Enter Pythona. She's armed with razor-sharp claws and killer squids, and after she fights off Cobra security, she shows Serpentor a clam containing his destiny. Yes, I said a clam. I assume I managed to sync this voiceover up to the image for a change. Anyway, his destiny this week is the broadcast energy transmitter, which at this moment is being tested by none other than... Some electrical engineers working for GE. Wait, really? They gave it to G.I. Joe? That seems like a bad idea. The BET is like that thing Tesla was supposedly working on. It can beam pure energy through the air, which is kind of cool. It is also, as you may remember from that clam, Serpentor's destiny. So here comes Cobra to steal it. The Joes manage to fight them off and continue chasing them into the mountains, but Cobra Commander leads his guys right to the place where Pythona came from. A place filled with weird pods and spores and squids and whatever the fuck these guys are. It's all really interesting, so naturally we cut away to meet the new Joes. I begrudgingly acknowledge that there are new Joes. If you want to know more about this subplot, maybe check out someone else's loving review of this movie, because I find them boring and pointless. I mean, one of them has a dog, but we already have a Joe with a dog, and another one with a wolf. I don't care if you did name yourselves Law and Order, you're redundant, kid. So are Sports Guy, Bad Luck Ninja, and Chuckles. Yep, his name is Chuckles. We're not completely out of code names, and we're giving Joes clown names. And then there's this asshole. This is Duke's little brother, Falcon, and he's the dummy who lets a disguised Zorana in so she can help free Serpentor. Idiot. Serpentor is brought back to those weird guys in the mountains, and... 
<sighs> okay, kids, I guess it's time we had the talk. You know how you thought Cobra was a ruthless terrorist organization determined to rule the world? Well, they were, but they were also this ancient civilization that predates humankind. Cobra Commander, it turns out, is not just a white dude wearing a mask. He was part of this ancient civilization and was disfigured by a scientific experiment gone wrong. The real Cobra, which is actually called Cobra La, is led by this guy, Galobulus. Also, Serpentor was their idea, which they implanted in Dr. Mindbender's subconscious. Also, they're really all of history's great composers, as well as Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and weirdly, Chris Lotta. Some people hate this, and I can see why they would. I personally have no real problem with it, but that's because I think this all looks neat and I like Burgess Meredith as Galobulus, and also just between you and me, gentle viewer, I just don't have the attachment to these characters that others might. Anyway, Cobra La, which is what we're just calling everyone now, is not happy with Cobra Commander's constant failures. Serpentors, they don't seem to mind. These guys want the broadcast energy transmitter so they can activate these pods, which will shoot spores into orbit that will rain down on the planet and ruin humanity. Which is a pretty solid evil plan, apart from the fact that they hate humanity because we don't use organic technology like they do, but they need our inorganic technology to make their dumb plan work. Anyway, back to the trial of Cobra Commander. He is, unsurprisingly, found guilty of the crime of failing to rule the world, and is sentenced to be transformed into a giant snake monster. Not the bees! Not the bees! Meanwhile, Falcon is giving the harshest punishment on G.I. Joe's books. He has to go live with Sergeant Slaughter. Personally, I'd have taken being turned into a snake monster over that. Having to listen to Sergeant Slaughter and do push-ups? No thank you. I'm also gonna be glossing over this dumb boot camp sequence where we meet additional new Joes. But if you were wondering, I still think Sergeant Slaughter is a boring character and a terrible voice actor. But for all I know, he was a great wrestler and a lovely person. I'm only talking about the cartoon version of him, which I hate. Back with Cobra Law, the captive Joes try to escape, but most of them are snagged by Cobra Law's weird biological traps. Roadblock makes it away with what's left of Cobra Commander, but is blinded in the process. And so begins the long journey of my two favorite characters in scenes that honestly deserve their own spin-off movie. Useless or useless. Come on, snap out of it! Neither of us will make it if you don't hang together! I was once a man! A man! I would so much rather keep following these two than Falcon's dumb boot camp adventures, but at least they become an active part of the story at this point. We're gonna infiltrate the Terradrome on Cobra Island. Remember a few reviews ago when I mentioned having read Dan Gilvezan's book about the voice acting experience at Sunbow? He wrote a lot about their director, Wally Burr, and what a total perfectionist he was. They actually half-jokingly speculated that Wally's devotion to getting the perfect take might have been what actually killed Orson Welles. So, with all of that in mind, we're gonna infotrate is the best that voice acting's most notoriously difficult director could get out of this meathead. They infotrate and learn that Cobra Law is a thing, which other Joes already knew, so what was even the point of any of this? Then Cobra successfully steals the BET, and during the fight, Duke gets killed by Serpentor. Please hold your comments till the end, I may be going somewhere with this. When this time worm completes its journey, the pods will ripen, the spores will burst forth. And this pitiful planet will be ours. <laughs> I mean, sure, global annihilation or whatever, but can we go back to the time worm thing for a minute? Meanwhile... Useless. Oh, useless. I was a man. Yes. Oh, yes. I was a man. 
This doesn't advance the plot or anything, I just still love it. Also, I guess I could make a wrestling his snake reference here, but nah. Then Roblox meets back up with the Joes and the Cobra Commander Snake helps them find Cobra Law. He slithers off, pops up one more time during the ensuing fight, then slithers off a second time, never to be seen again. You heard me! Never to be seen again. The Joes take Cobra Law, stop the spores, and save the day. Then this happens. General Hawk, do you read me? This is Doc at headquarters. Great news. Duke's come out of his coma. Oh, go to hell. Go so completely to hell. I want to thank everyone who's come along with me on this weird fever dream of a journey. To answer a question I've been getting quite a lot, again, no, I will not be covering the Deke G.I. Joe series. I won't be signing myself up to review any TV series in its entirety again, I think, because it's a lot of work and frankly I have other projects that I'd rather focus on now. I advertise these projects at the end of every review, and if you're interested in seeing more of what I do, I encourage you to check those things out. You can find all of that stuff completely free at my website, algar.com. That site also has copies of every cartoon review I've done. You can watch them without ads and without constantly worrying that they're going to be pulled by YouTube for copyright violations. Thanks again for all the views and support. My first Transformers review went up almost exactly 10 years ago, so this feels like an excellent place to say, okay, that's about enough of that now.